My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. The unidentified object shot down by a US fighter jet over northern Canada on Saturday was a small metallic balloon with a tethered payload below it, according to the Pentagon. Not exactly the stuff of Top Gun Maverick, the Oscar-nominated movie. (laughs) but is one of three shot down by the US in an eight-day period after a suspected Chinese spy balloon traversed the US mainland and was brought down over the Atlantic Ocean on February 4th. People wanted to know what's going on. Joe Biden wouldn't say. Yesterday broke his silence, Marion. Is this a deflating outcome for, no for this story? Intended. <laughs> oh, no pun absolutely intended. Oh, what are doing there? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's slow news day. It's so bizarre because for some reason from the get-go, not leaving aside the Chinese balloon, I have found it very difficult to take these balloons seriously. I don't know what it was about it, but I just kept thinking, oh, for Christ's sake, really. Yeah, me too. And then you had that chap, we'll call him a senator, Tom Cotton in Congress, who is one of the oddest people in the, all of Capitol Hill anyway, but he's a former military veteran, etc., etc. And he was thundering up and down saying, how dare Joe Biden hide in this time of crisis? <laughs> and <laughs> the balloons are coming. But you really think at some point, when are people going to get their perspectives back? Now, I think that, again, this is the thing that Joe Biden has actually handled very well, but will get no credit for it whatsoever, because he took prudent caught cautious and appropriate action in shooting down the Chinese one, shot it down over the sea near South Carolina. They're still pulling bits out. And with these ones, the main problem always seems to be that they could interfere, an airplane could fly into one or a light craft or whatever, that they could pose a danger because of the height at which they were traveling. But the idea that suddenly, I mean, all anyone in China, all Xi Jinping has to do is open his computer and turn on Google. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah it's, so it seems like they shot down this Chinese balloon and yeah. then kind of realized whether they meant this or not, that there's a lot of these things that they now had to recalibrate what they thought was dangerous. And suddenly it appears they're now shooting down balloons that belong to kind of balloon enthusiasts (laughs) and (laughs) private companies. And maybe even little children's parties and oh God knows where it led. It's just, you know, but it really does show, it, it shows how wars can start. And I mean, people joke about these things in satire, but 
the hysteria here over those three balloons, you kind of had to be here to, so you could have a good laugh at it. And the, everybody's saying, well, why aren't they saying anything? And again, I think that Biden did the right thing in saying, when we know something, we let you know. But at the moment, we're, we're assessing it. Now, they did set up an emergency task force, <laughs> which I suspect will be quietly disbanded. Jake Sullivan in the National Security Council, he's the National Security Advisor. But I think they really only did that as a form of defensive politics, that they have to be seen to God well do mm. something and just stop people from jumping up and down on the floor of the Senate about this. But again, talk about a non-story. And important, of course, to distinguish between the actual, the Chinese balloon, which I think everybody realized was some form of an intelligence gathering or spying operation. And then these three little benign things minding their own business floating mm. around in the ether uh, before they... yeah. You know that there are the conspiracy theorists out there and an awful lot of them that would say whatever you throw at them. Of course, you would say that, you know, this is this is exactly what you oh, you will shoot down three random ones to show that it was just so random. Yeah, there just seems to be an answer for everything. I was trying to explain this to Mikey during the week that if Joe Biden says it was an alien, somebody who said it was aliens. By definition, you're not going to tell us. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I mean, the space lasers starting fires in California, and it doesn't take much to start a rumor in the States, and it doesn't take much for that rumor or that conspiracy theory to get legs and grow more legs than a centipede. So I think you do have to, you've got to keep a bit of skepticism about all these things, you know, really. Yeah. Well, I think it's the last we'll talk about it, but I do want to say my heart goes out to the Chinese operator of the original balloon, who it now appears that this was an accident, that it it went off path. Can you imagine the panic? (laughs) You realize this is the balloon is doing what it wants to do. So shout out to whoever that balloon operator is. That's the last we'll talk about balloons for today, because like you say, it is just a non-story and there is so much more happening, including the GOP primary heating up. Yes. Rhonda Sanctimonious added again. I mean, that nickname hasn't really taken off. Is there a, has there been a better nickname since? Too Uh, many syllables. I suspect Trump is probably sitting down every day with a pen and a piece of paper going, you know, (laughs) crossing the mountain. Rhonda Meatball was one that I heard during the week, and I'm not sure that's going to work. I'm not not sure that's going to work either. It has to be, it has to be pithier and sum him up. Like much and all, as I loathe Trump's nicknames for people, sometimes they did catch. They did catch on because they were simple schoolyard taunts. They were the kind Mm. of things that a six-year-old bully would say to the kid in the class they didn't like. And but I think at this point. I'm interested in Nikki Haley's entry into the race and the way it's been responded to and the way it's been treated is quite something so far here. Well, at the moment, the polls are showing that Ron would fare better in a head-to-head matchup against President Joe Biden. They're saying that Um, many demographics, according to this new morning consult poll, suggest that if the two Republicans went head-to-head, it's likely to be a contentious you know, primary election, but that DeSantis would win. This poll, uh, like, yeah. do we really, I don't know what, why polls seem to matter anymore, Marion, when they were so unreliable for what produced you yeah. know, this massive change to US politics. When a poll like this comes out that says that Ron DeSantis is clearly the man now, 
and that an awful lot of the religious right are moving behind him, it, does it hold water? Like, do people listen to that? I am really sceptical of this. And for the reasons partly that I've said to you, you know, before on a couple of occasions, I think, first off, I do think that if the race were just Trump and DeSantis, I think, yes, that DeSantis would beat Trump. He would certainly get the nomination, the Republican nomination. And I think if it were DeSantis, Biden, that DeSantis could eke that race out. I think that he could conceivably be the next president. But here's why I think it won't happen, is that I think that DeSantis is one of those people, the more you see of him, the less you like him. And I really mean that. I've seen him now enough times to see he's a terrible campaigner. And I think that that the package that you get that's presented of DeSantis as this very smart, very competent governor who's been doing a good job and everyone likes him in Florida. When you open that package, it's like you find a box of snakes, honestly. And um, you see that the stuff that he's been doing down in Florida, the way that the totalitarian tendencies he has, they might play well in the far right of the Republican Party. They will not play well across America at large. His contempt for the First Amendment, the stuff that like he's getting serious pushback now in Florida because of his threat to disband the Florida College Board. And just with that in context very quickly, the in Florida you have the equivalent of the leaving cert, we'll say, but students in, in their final year in school can take advanced placement courses. Now these can be in anything in maths and science and humanities, arts, literature, whatever you want. And it's a bit like taking the advanced maths in the applied maths in the leaving yeah. cert in Ireland. Okay, so one of the one of the fifty courses that are available is one that looks at African American studies, African American history. And this is the only course that Ron DeSantis decided had no educational merit whatsoever. And he was going to ban it. Now, when you think about that, and when you think about African-American history, and not just the history of slavery and all that, but the culture, the contributions, the, you know, everything. The fact that none of that can be discussed. You can't mention any of the movements of the 60s or 70s. The fact that DeSantis wants that stamped out in Florida is astonishing. He tried to do something similar in the universities. He was taken to court and we chatted about it here. The judge mocked him and said he was like, it was like 1984 and the Mm. novel, what he was trying to do and said he was living in a dystopian nightmare world basically. Now he's doing this again with this. He's also now saying he's going to ban TikTok and any which is fine, good luck to him, but he wants it banned from schools and colleges as well and he also says he wants to have the right to ban any server and any platform from any country of concern. Now, what's a country of concern? I mean, Ireland? <laughs> Is it yeah. you know, Malta? I mean, like, who knows what... Who defines Rome that, yeah. ...world will, will and, and how he will use that. So it's just that he seems to be galp... And, the irony, of course, is that you have all these sites, like Kiwi Farms, all these hideous sites that where people from the far right troll people who they decide who, who may have be extremely mentally fragile who may be gay who may be trans or that they just decide for the hell of it that we're going to see if we can hound this person to suicide now he has no problem with these sites and they're so chilling and so awful what they do on these types of sites where they actually celebrate if somebody commits suicide as a result of being trolled by them. It's beyond dark and beyond chilling. But he has nothing to say about any of that. But talk to him about, you know, 
children of, at the age of 10 getting basic sex education or people learning anything about slavery and he's up and down the walls. And I think that you can do this in Florida. Florida really is just a law unto itself. But if you're trying to run for president in the rest of America and you're trying to appeal to the rest of the country, I think he's going to have a much harder road to, to go there. And this is why I think somebody like Nikki Haley, who, yes, absolutely is a long shot and people are laughing and scoffing at her. And a lot of Republicans are furious because they say, and this probably is true, Jarlath, that, OK, if you have a straight run between just DeSantis, Trump, DeSantis wins and ergo, he may or may not beat Joe Biden, I think it's probably likely that he would just on the fact that he's forceful, he's younger, he's, you know, whatever. But if you have Nikki Haley, Trump and DeSantis in the same race, Nikki Haley gets about 11 or 12 percent of the vote so far, but she takes most of that from DeSantis. So Trump emerges as the winner. Trump is counting on more people getting into the race because the more people that get into the race, the more he is likely to secure the nomination. Yeah, it dilutes their vote. Yeah. That, because he will keep that 35, 40% no matter what. So everybody else is starting off from zero. He's starting from 35 to 40%. He has, well, he has that inbuilt advantage. Rhonda Santos got a taste of what it's going to be like and the challenge that lies ahead when Donald Trump amplified these social media posts suggesting that he groomed teen girls right. and drank with his students while he was a high school teacher and it's obviously the irony of this is quite thick isn't it Marion considering well, that he said that anybody who didn't agree with the don't say gay thing was for grooming kids toddlers this is this situation has brought him out he had to make a, a statement yeah. on it. and I don't think that anyone including the New York Times picked up on it until he spoke out about it yeah. where is it at right now well, I think where it's at right now is that people, I think it has sort of backfired a bit on Trump because the thing that people are talking about now, or at least, you know, is that this is coming from Donald Trump who boasted about forcing his way into mm. the dressing rooms of teenage girls who were competing in the Miss Teen USA contest so he could see them naked. This was one of his boasts before he became president. Like he used to go on with on Sirius Radio with Howard Stern and talk about how, how great it was he owned the Miss Teen USA pageant because he could just walk into the dressing rooms anytime he wanted. We're talking here about 14, 15, 16-year-old girls. And, you know, the, as for the things that he said about his daughter Ivanka when she was yeah. a young teenager and a pre-teenager and then the association with Jeffrey Epstein etc. Ron DeSantis there are many objectionable things about him and we didn't even know for sure and I think this is why all of the newspapers wisely held off uh, whether or not that was even him in that photograph there's a blurred picture of a man with dark hair and three young looking teenagers or young women surrounding him this is not something that's going to really have any impact you look with americans there there's just this weird um and we saw it with judge roy moore when he was running and very nearly won that seat in the senate even though he was a documented predator when it came to teenage girls that if it's gay people if you know that that they 
don't really seem to care about men going after younger women. They really don't. Matt Gates was being investigated until literally this week, the charges have finally been dropped for sex trafficking underage girls. And nobody seemed to give a damn. He wanders around Congress every day. I see him in, when I'm in Washington, bold as brass, like, you know, mm. completely. There was never any issue about that. So we'll see where this one goes. I suspect it'll go nowhere. But I think you're right, absolutely, that Trump is gearing up for a fight with DeSantis. And it will be ugly and he will pull out all the stops and we'll see where it goes. But as I said, he may not even need to do that much because Mike Pompeo, who I saw giving <laughs> delivering his shtick in, in, at the Ronald Reagan Library last week, Mike Pompeo is also planning on running because he believes that he can be the next president. All of these people believe genuinely that they will be the next president. And they're not running to spoil it for Trump. They're not running for any strategic reason. They all genuinely believe that they can win. And then you have the other half dozen also around, you know, the, the perennials like Chris Christie and I think Larry Hogan, who is a good governor in Maryland, who's Republican governor, very well liked, but he would be way too moderate for the Republicans. So you'll have about maybe half a dozen people who may get in. Now, some may get in strategically just to peel away a few votes here and there. But I think that, as I say, if it's Nikki Haley, Trump and DeSantis, I think that it will be Trump. But again, I'm not ruling Nikki Haley out because she ran when she was 31, 32 years of age. She is a South Carolina, an Indian American who lives in one of the most conservative parts of South Carolina. She took on a guy called Larry Coons, who was the epitome of the old Southern boy in American politics, the good old boy from South Carolina. And he had been a fixture in the state legislature for as long as I even could remember. She came out of nowhere at 31. She took him on and she defeated him. She became governor of Carolina, the first woman governor, the first woman of colour to become governor and also the youngest governor when she was 37, 38 and was elected to a second term. I, you know, I would not support her a lot of her politics, but she's a sane person. Now she is, she's like all politicians. She she can manipulate and she's very, very nimble and she can sort of dissemble to beat the band, but she is a smart woman and she's a competent woman. And I would not rule her out. Coming up, you know, behind DeSantis quite rapidly, because I think when you see her speak, and she is telegenic, and she is charismatic, and she is articulate, and when you see DeSantis, who is this sort of angry, aggrieved, sort of cultural warrior, and that's obsessed with all these petty battles, I think that people might think, God, she might be a better a better candidate. But as I say, we're talking about this, my God, more than more than like yeah. it's, it's 2023 but yeah sure, sure. Yeah. yeah and last week i really felt, got the feeling that this thing kicked off that yeah. the state of the union address was the first shots fired and that we're now on the road and it's great to have all of you listening and part of it the only way to hear Everything that we talk about each week, including the big news roundup that Marion does across all the big stories of the week, is to come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. There's a 15% discount on annual membership that is very, very healthy and attractive if you're into saving a couple of quid. I know things are tight, but it is the only way that I get to make this show with Marion is through the support of people who are listening to this who go, yeah, I can, I can support it for a fiver a month 
to enjoy the podcast that I love. One coffee a month. One coffee a month. Half yeah. A pint of Guinness. <laughs> um, I was in Berlin this week just doing shows and getting a taste of life over there. Thanks to everybody who came out to those shows. Dundrum went on sale the other week. That's now sold out by the looks of things. So is Greystones and Debarra's in Clonakilty. But we've just put Blanchardstown on sale. Now that's that's nearly 75% sold out now, but you can wow. still move fast, get those <laughs> tickets. And of course, there's about 25 tickets left for London for Bloomsbury. So if you haven't booked in for March 12th in Bloomsbury Theatre in London, get a rig along, get your gang together and book those tickets. I'll put them in the link. Let me ask you this question, Ray, because I am too, fought, let me yeah. ask you one first. Where are you finding the time? <laughs> <laughs> you are the busiest person in showbiz that, by that's, long shot. That's, that's the gig. That's the arrangement. Mm-hmm. We deliver this podcast every single week, regardless of all of that stuff. I know that this one is a tiny bit late because I had to stand in for Sean Moncrief on News Talk today. But that's a rare, rare thing because Marion is always, always here, always on time and always has the answers. No matter how curveball the question is, I throw to you, Marion. I'm going to throw one to you right now. Off, uh, off the air, Fox News stars blasted the election fraud claims they peddled. That's the headline that I read this morning. And I mean, did we ever have any doubt about this? Off the air network stars and producers and executives apparently expressed contempt for those conspiracies calling them mind-blowingly nuts, totally off the rails. This is all contained within court documents, correct? Yes, that's right. This is all in the context of two billion-dollar defamation lawsuits, one being brought by Dominion Voting Systems and the other by Smartmatics. Now, they are both, um, and I really think that they have very, very strong cases because, as you just said, people in Fox knew. It wasn't like, you know, in America, you get huge leeway in, in terms of libel and defamation. It has to be proven that it's in some way malicious or willful that you're doing it. You know, it's not true, but you're doing it anyway, because what the hell you want to stir things up and you want to cause trouble. Mm. And, you know, this really fits that mold. So it turns out, and of course, because these people are not stupid, they, they're running not. a, they're running a massive company. They knew that this was all nonsense. But because Fox took such a battering over shouting Arizona early and correctly for Joe Biden, they had to retrench and they felt, oh no, we've got it. We've got to throw some red meat now to our base. Are they going to run off to Newsmax? Are they going to run off to AON or whatever? And so they knowingly, which I think we've all known for quite some time, but this really does show the degree to which they were complicit in just giving oxygen and furthering and, you know, th- this whole crazy claim, that th- this big lie, this totally baseless claim that the election was rigged and that the voting machines were rigged, et cetera, et cetera, and that the ghost of Hugo Chavez was in the machine in Arizona or wherever, switching um, votes to Joe Biden from Donald Trump. So I think, you know, it's an interesting thing because the, obviously already this has scuttled. Rupert Murdoch wanted to rejoin News Corp and Fox. And this has now already scuttled that because the shareholders are going, whoa, 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 listen, <laughs> you mightn't even have a Fox News after all this goes down. So what would that mean when he, you say he wanted to rejoin 
well, explain it, what that it, means? The two companies were divided. So you had um, News Corp, which was all of his, the Times of London, all, all of that stuff and all of his, his print. And then you have his Fox News and his Fox Business and all that stuff here as well. Now, he sold off Fox Entertainment to Disney for an excellent price for 71 or 72 billion dollars back in 2019 and Donald Trump was president at the time and the White House let that sale go through very very smoothly even though there were concerns about it but anyway it it, it all was fine there wasn't an issue but now Murdoch is trying to reunite as I say his his print and his um, broadcast empires here and and overseas and the the shareholders and investors are saying no you know what we're sort out we need to get this business with Dominion and Smartmatic sorted out first because potentially Fox News has been valued at around four billion four to five billion dollars now some people say that's a way it's a, a real low ball but the fact is the viewers are aging out the format isn't changing and things are looking pretty stale over there and there's only so many tucker carlson rants any, anyone can really put up with before they want to switch the channel so the, the uh, fox well, news that's is at the heart of it about, yeah isn't that isn't that right at the heart of this that you know yeah. when i bring up these people who said these things off air and said something else on air that the ratings were dipping and that yes. this is more um, a reflection of what these people will do, what certain people will do for ratings. Exactly. Well, the ratings plummeted after after they, Fox called Arizona on November 3rd, on the night of November 3rd for, for Biden. People just left Fox en masse in protest, their viewers. So they did. They figured this was the way to get them back. This was a strategic sit-down decision like, we, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There, we're losing them in droves to Newsmax, as I said, and to AON and all the other stations out there. So this was the sweetener, basically, to get them back to say, yes, yes, you know, there was a massive fraud. Isn't it terrible? And yes, goodness me, you were all right. Arizona was completely a fraud. Uh, you know, Trump actually won, etc. So, the, but the point about the valuation, the $4 billion, if there, if these defamation cases succeed, one is for $1.7 billion, one is for $1.6 billion or thereabouts, you're looking at $3.5 billion in payouts. Now, what does Fox do? Does it declare bankruptcy? Can it afford that? How can it make that payment? Obviously, they'll kick it around the courts for probably decades yeah, to come. But at some point, thought, yeah. the bill is going to come to you. So it's really, this was, I mean, it was from a business perspective, it was so short-sighted and so inexcusable, never mind the ethics or the morality of it. But just from a business, from a corporate perspective, this was insanity. What they well, did. How really likely works. is it, though, that like, you know, in the same way as we used to say that famous people didn't go to jail in L.A., they could do pretty much anything, get it into court. Johnny Cochran would sort everything out. Yeah. How likely is this? Like, is this not just a case of Rupert Murdoch will make it all go away with some sort of check? Or are they keen to actually take them down over this? Have they got backers who are like, no, no, we need to wrestle them to the floor and get them to submit? and break up this thing that's caused all of this harm as they see it? I think money always talks at the end of the day. I think Mm -hmm. that if Fox, I would suspect Fox's lawyers are telling them, just settle, write them a check, do a big mea culpa, 
and settle because, you know, otherwise we're all going down. So I suspect, I think that the Smartmatic and in particular, because I don't think they have the pockets that Dominion has, and that's why Dominion has gone first. I think that they would happily settle. And I think Dominion would as well, because there, you know, there's nothing really in it for them other than the money. They're not a rival company to Fox. They're not, they don't swim in the same pond. So I think that if they got a healthy settlement and a big apology and were able to walk away, that they would be fine because it is debatable the degree to which damage has been caused, certainly in their overseas markets. Now, I'm sure they have all kinds of actuaries and whatever, and there should be a punitive element in this, obviously, because it was so calculated. But I, if, you know, I suspect Rupert Murdoch, he didn't get to where he is by being foolish. And I suspect that if he wants to be smart, he will just settle this thing. And it's quick. Obviously, they'll hold out until the last minute in the hope because they have the deepest pockets. But at, you know, at a certain point, and quite soon, this is scheduled for hearings. So we'll see what happens. But I put my money on a settlement. Right. Okay. Well, we've an awful lot more to do in this episode. As I said, the double size episode each week on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. And what's more, You'll get to hear my conversation with Steve Coogan imminently. I recorded this conversation, huge hour-long conversation with the creator of Alan Partridge and an awful lot more, including the great Philomena movie, which, of course, is just one one of the all-time classics for me. Talk about his Irish roots, uh, Martin Brennan, and his hopes to make a new Irish project. There's so much in this chat, and the only way you'll hear that one as well is to head over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. Marion and I are going to get our George Santos roundup on, and we're going to look at the stories that have maybe gone under the radar on this side of the Atlantic. That's what we do over there every week. Come over and join us and enjoy the crack. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.